popular movements can have a way of causing political change, and that can require the attention of American diplomats in the military. One way DOD is trying to gain a better understanding of social trends around the world is to analyze social media postings. 350 billion of them, as a matter of fact. With how this might work, we turn to associate professor in the Department of Defense Analysis at the Naval Postgraduate School, Dr. Camber Warren. Dr. Warren, good to have you on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So 350 billion possibly social media postings, what are you trying to do here? Basically trying to understand uh, how human communities evolve and change over time. We see often really rapid evolution in, uh, in social discourse. And we want to be able to, to measure that more effectively and to, to try to understand it more effectively. I mean, we've seen a lot of examples. I guess you could, everything ranging from the rise of the Taliban to what's going on in Hong Kong right now, people pouring onto the streets as we talk, as this interview is taped. I mean, is that the kind of thing that you think can be predicted or known about as it's happening from social media? Yeah, or at the very least that we can get some kind of better awareness of those uh, uh, dynamics. Um, increasingly, um, when movements like that are, are in their initial stages, they, um, they're communicating over social media and um, they're trying to get broader popular opinions and sentiments uh, mobilized on, on social media. Um, and so in principle, this now also kind of provides uh, some new opportunities uh, for, for measuring those dynamics, for understanding uh, how they evolve over time. And what is your strategy for going about this? A lot of it comes down to uh, machine learning algorithms that are designed uh, to look for patterns, um, increasingly some, some culturally nuanced patterns um, in these textual streams. Um, a lot of that comes down to things like co-occurrence patterns, noticing that certain words are more likely to occur next to other words. As discourse changes over time, those, those co-occurrence probabilities uh, change over time, and we can increasingly uh, train computers uh, to try to understand that and to try to, for instance, uh, make better maps of, of difficult environments like highly linguistically uh, diverse uh, megacity environments. Um, we need better awareness of the different uh, linguistic communities that are, that are there and these sorts of things that kind of allow us for the first time uh, to, to approach measurement of that at, at a really fine-grained level. And what particular social media platforms will you try to get data from? Um, that's still uh, under determination. There's, uh, there's an ongoing uh, uh, solicitation and procurement, um, so I can't discuss the individual details of, of vendors and so on uh, for that. Um, but um, we're uh, with the broad goal of, uh, of, of being able to gain as much of a global perspective as possible. I mean, are you of the expectation that, I guess, the obvious ones that come to mind are Facebook, Twitter, platforms like that? you think there might be others that you haven't identified or that someone can identify that could give valid predictions of what's happening that, were, that may not be as popular or is not as popular in the United States? Uh, possibly. Um, we're, uh, you, it's hard to know what you don't know, right? So um, we're, we're open to that possibility. Um, obviously, the, the, the kind of the really big names are the big names for, for a reason. Um, there's, there's only so many platforms out there that are covering hundreds of millions of people at the same time. 
Um, and our goal is really to be able to measure these things across a lot of different countries and a lot of different linguistic communities. Um, and so part of the issue is that um, we're looking, we're, we're hoping to be able to gather data like this that will have um, very, very broad reach, right, where it's not just, say, a particular political topic that we're looking for or a particular um, sports team or, or brand logo or something like that, um, but trying to understand more in, in a kind of general social science sense why, how and why do we see communities evolving over time? Why do they unify? Why do they split? Uh, that sort of thing. And what about the issue of the fact that some countries like Russia and China censor what's going on and people are very circumspect, perhaps, in what they post or they post on things that aren't visible publicly? There's been some really interesting research on this uh, uh, recently where uh, folks are increasingly finding that we can use these tools and as a way even to measure those patterns of censorship. Um, this wasn't our own project, uh, but some researchers at Harvard um, did a fascinating study of the Chinese uh, uh, information sphere where they injected new messages into um, their, their social media to see, and they could make systematic judgments about which ones um, were, were being censored and deleted, and could use that to, to make inferences about, to kind of reverse engineer uh, the patterns of, of Chinese censorship. Uh, interestingly, they, they seem to find that they uh, primarily are censoring elements of, of collective discourse, things that it, uh, where, where we say we are going to go do this thing, for instance, go protest in the street. It's much more of that sort of concern than, say, direct criticism of the government. Uh, it has much more to do with a concern about, about collective action. We're speaking with Dr. Camber Warren. He's associate professor in the Department of Defense Analysis at the Naval Postgraduate School. And... What are the programmatic aspects of this? Is this a Navy postgraduate school project? Who will you deliver your results to, or is it all of DOD? Um, yes, yeah, so this is uh, part of ongoing research. Uh, the organization I teach here in a department called the Department of Defense Analysis, um, uh, where we are engaged in kind of the intersection of social science research on security studies uh, and uh, kind of data and information science approaches. Uh, to, to those topics. Um, so this is part of a, a, a broad uh, research effort. Um, uh, there's uh, part of a, a data science uh, lab here uh, that, that I've been setting up called the Coalition for Open Source Defense Analysis, which we call the CODA Lab. Um, and this is uh, an effort to see if we can kind of get better at these large-scale information streams of being able for instance, to make effective maps and visualizations of being able to kind of wrap our hands around um, data sets that are, that are so gargantuan. And do you have a sense of your technical strategy? Will you scrape the sites? Will you work with the site owners to get the data into some sort of a data lake or something? Or, or how will that work? Right. So part of what we've been building in the lab are new approaches to what's called parallelism. Um, which are ways of allowing a large number of computer processors to be working on the same data at the same time. Uh, and so um, part of what we've been building in particular what are called uh, in-memory parallel processing systems um, that allow you to take very large uh, pools of data, um, hold them in your computer's memory so that they can be more uh, quickly accessed, um, we've been do, building systems to where we can now do that at, at terabyte scales 
so that we can take very large sets, for instance, of, of, of textual corpuses, like it's very large records of, of human discourse, and then we can make systematic judgments across all those billions of messages, how they're shifting over time and over space. Um, in particular, try to kind of looking for things that are unexpected. Um, there's a lot of kind of natural overtime evolution, kind of smooth evolution uh, to these discourse patterns, and, and, and we're looking for things that kind of disrupt that smoothness, that, that are unexpected given previous patterns. Sounds like it's going to require a constant refinement of your algorithms and making sure the data sets that you're feeding them are the right ones and the, and the ones that will give you the answers you're looking for and not kind of bias the outcome. Absolutely. A big part of, of what we're hoping to do differently here, um, part of why this is such a, a large-scale effort, is um, that we're trying to get this data in, a, in an unfiltered manner. Usually people start with, say, a set of search terms or a set of political topics, and they only look at messages that, that are matching those pre-existing search terms. Um, we're trying to say, what if we didn't start with those pre-existing search terms? What if we looked as broadly as possible? Might there be other patterns that we would see, for instance, in, in people who aren't so popular, uh, but who may nevertheless be a big part of kind of how this broad, these broader patterns of linguistic evolution are emerging? Dr. Camber Warren is Associate Professor in the Department of Defense Analysis at the Naval Postgraduate School. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.